everybody, I'm Ryan from Fireside Yankees, joined by my friend and co-host Aiden, and in today's episode, we're going to be talking about Aaron Boone's comments on foul territory, regarding the lineup, regarding a couple things, he did talk about other topics, and he mentioned Carl Zordon, um, he, he had some pretty interesting quotes, all things considered, I know that right now is the time of the year where it's, you know, best shape of my life's kind of season, right, like every athlete is going to be, oh yeah, they had a great offseason, the best offseason in their life, yada, 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 but you know, for in the cases of like guys like Carlos Rodon, John Carlos Stanton, we've seen pictures of them physically look leaner and a little bit different. Um, so I would say that those are substantiated claims. And furthermore, um, you know, in regards to the lineup, which is kind of a big thing here, the Yankees apparently and Aaron Boone are going to likely be hitting Squan Soto second and Aaron Judge third. Now, Boone did mention that it's still fluid, that things like the the leadoff hitter could change, you know, which order they go in. Uh, but for the most part, what we're going to see is Aaron Judge and Juan Soto back-to-back. We expected that. Uh, but again, Soto is going to hit second. Judge hit, is going to hit third. I'd imagine that means that a right-handed hitter will lead off. And if a right-handed hitter is leading off, Aiden, I'd be inclined to believe that's DJ LeMahieu. So, you know, give me your thoughts on what you what Aaron Boone said today in terms of uh, lineup order. If you have any disagreements, any agreements, what you would personally do with the lineup, and how you doing today, my man? Uh, I'm doing all right. A little snowy out, a little tired, gray weather. But um, you know, when when this quote came out with Boone, um, I was watching the live stream actually when it happened, and I was a little surprised because I just like I felt like you know even though they acquired Juan Soto, I feel like you know you still just pencil in Judge as the two hitter anyway. Um, you know, like, I also know, um, have seen, like, Padres fans say that Soto did not like hitting in the two-hole and that he preferred to hit in the three-hole instead. And the numbers suggest that. If you go to his career uh, stats, hitting second as opposed to third, so he has an 817 OPS batting second as opposed to a 986 OPS while batting third. Um, you know, that's not, like, a massive difference. I mean, I guess that is a that's a sizable difference. Um, what's a little concerning is like his, his average and his um, on base percentage dips when he's batting second too. I think he maybe more likes that, that three hole because uh, you know, I, I guess maybe pitchers are nibbling around him more. And then even when you go and you look at judges career stats, I mean, he's batted second pretty much his entire career. Like he has 2,370 played appearances batting second as opposed to 708 in the three hole. Like that's pretty much his entire career has been in the two hole and it's worked out for him. That's, you know, that's where teams are routinely putting their best hitter in the lineup now. And that's been judges spot for years. And I guess, you know, you can argue that Soto is a better hitter than judge, but um, you know, as much as there's a a difference in the numbers there, um, I can definitely get behind the strategy of putting Soto second just because of, you know, how he gets on base. He's an on-base machine. Like we, we've gone over like 422, 423 career on base percentage, something absolutely ridiculous. The guy is an elite, uh, he's an elite hitter. He's an elite hitter. He's very, very disciplined. Um, so, you know, putting Soto in the two hole, then you're kind of, you know, you're not only extending the inning, you know, if he gets walked, but then you're putting more pressure on the pitcher, however he gets on. And then when he's on base, the table's set for the guys like Judge Stanton and Rizzo. So I definitely can get behind the strategy. But, you know, 
I don't think anything that Boone said is necessarily like set in stone. I think this is something we're going to see flipped around throughout the season. Like, okay, right now for the opening day lineup, we're going to pencil in Soto as the two hitter and Judge as the three hitter. But, you know, in a month's time, you know, they might have split time in both of those holes in the order. Um, and I, I think we could definitely see that over the course of the season or, or maybe, you know, sometime in the middle of the season, they they find the Yankees and Aaron Boone and even Judge and Soto, they find exactly where they want to be in the lineup and they just go with that moving forward. But yeah, uh, I wouldn't take it as set in stone. I think it's something that's going to change, you know, for at least over the course of the beginning of the season. So I, I wouldn't, I would kind of just take it with a little bit of grain of salt and, uh, you know, maybe Soto says something like, hey, I want to bat third and maybe Judge wants to bat second too. And that's how it works out. Yeah, and to kind of piggyback off of that, the, the part of the lineup I see rotating the most is the leadoff spot. Now, Boone mentioned three different leadoff candidates. I, I believe LeMahieu will most likely be the leadoff candidate or the leadoff guy on opening day, but he mentioned LeMahieu, Verdugo, and Torres as all potential leadoff hitters. Torres leads in WRC plus OBP and projected WRC plus and OBP, so he would, in, in theory, make the most sense as a leadoff hitter, but then he realized, well, for all of the reasons that you would lead him off, you would also want him in the middle of your lineup because he's a really well-rounded hitter. He has a good amount of power. He has a good amount of contact. He has a decent uh, average and, and just all around is a pretty good hitter. He's kind of one of those good at everything, not particularly at one particular thing type of hitter. Um, and that's the type of guy you want to hit like fourth or fifth or, you know, somewhere in that order where you can get him uh, run uh, opportunities with uh, with runners on. Um, in the case of DJ Lee and Alex Verdugo, they're kind of like the left-handed and right-handed versions of each other, in my opinion. Both of these guys have excellent hit tools. Both of these guys, you know, struggle to hit for power. Both of these guys are passive hitters, right? Like, they're very, very, very similar. Both of these guys have, like, good raw power, but, like, they don't lift the ball enough to utilize it. I do think the difference is that Verdugo is obviously younger, and he's about, like, eight years younger, if I'm not mistaken. And the big thing here is he's left-handed, and he can, you know, he, he's better against right-handed pitching, whereas maybe he's better against left-handed pitching. And most of the time, you're going to be seeing righties. So if you ask me, I, I think that they're going to lead off with Mayhew. I think that's a fine choice. He, he had a better year than Verdugo last year at the plate, and he, he's projected to have the much better OBP. So I would understand the decision, but ultimately, I, I think that the Yankees are going to come around at some point to finding a permanent guy. Whether that's externally at the deadline, whether that's through one of their own hitters, um, I, I think that it won't end up being like Juan Soto or Aaron Judge, even if Juan Soto has the highest OBP in baseball since 2018. And personally, I think he should be the leadoff hitter, but uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, but ultimately, like they have three different guys who they're going to consider for leadoff for the leadoff spot. Volpe, I don't think is going to get leadoff reps unless he performs significantly better over a sustained sample size. Uh, and then in that case, we could see him in the leadoff spot. And honestly, if Volpe puts up like a 110 WRC plus, I think he'll lead off all year. Um, Jason Dominguez could maybe come back and be a leadoff option because of his excellent plate discipline, but it seemed as if, you know, the, the thought process here is that the Yankees are going to be careful, uh, with bringing him back. Aaron Boone kind of reiterated that, you know, urgency, not that urgency, that, um, that thought process of, Hey, we want to be careful with this guy. This is a guy who can be a long-term piece for us down the road. Um, we don't want to re-injure him. We don't want him to get hurt again, which I, I think makes a lot of sense. You, you don't want him to get hurt. You don't want him to, you know, have another elbow issue. You don't want to knock him out for the 2025 season. Look, let's have an honest conversation here. We don't know if Juan Soto's coming back. Like we can't, we can say he, it's likely we can say the Yankees will do everything they can to keep him. We can say he loves New York. We can say all the million things we want to say, but we don't know. Like the, the answer is not, we don't know. He, he's only here for 2024. That's all we know. Um, and so if the Yankees were not to bring him back or were to fail to bring him back, they're going to need guys internally who can step up and play the outfield. And 
Jason Dominguez, regardless of whether Soto comes back or Soto doesn't come back or whatever it may be, he's going to have to factor into the 2025 team at the very early or at the very latest. Um, so I think they're protecting him. I think it makes sense. But if he were to come back and make an impact, I think he would be a great leadoff hitter. Um, but yeah, ultimately the lineup, as you mentioned, is going to change a lot. I don't think it's going to have one consistent group. I don't think we're going to see the same nine guys in the same nine spots every single day. I think quite honestly, people are going to be unhappy with it, but better get used to it because that's what they're going to do. And that's what a lot of teams do. They don't keep the same lineup over and over again. They adjust based on matchups. They adjust based on who's hot and who's not. Um, you don't want to have situations where you're losing games because you have a hitter who's in the midst of like, uh, a, a two week slump clogging up the top of your order you want to move guys up and down and kind of keep your offense going um but ultimately it's a weird situation like the lineup's weird uh, i don't think it's something that's gonna be set in stone i also personally believe that the yankees are gonna have a much different looking lineup by the end of the year like i think injuries and trades and prospects coming up will certainly change some things around um but the next question i have for you aiden regarding the aaron boom presser is he talked about putting aaron judge in center field for a lot of the year but he also hinted at potentially having conversations of putting Judge in left when Trent Grisham plays center. Do you think we're going to see a notable amount of Judge in left field? If Judge were to play left field, how often would you want him to play? Uh, would you want him to play left field? Um, and do you think Trent Grisham is going to play a big part of this team? So, yeah. Uh, I think we're going to see Judge in center field a lot just because of, you know, I think Soto's going to be playing a lot of right field and you can't really like, you can't put Soto or Judge in the DH spot a lot because, you know, that's that's kind of Stan's position. Um, Boone did talk about in that interview that Stan will get occasional games in the outfield, but I don't – I honestly don't know how much I believe that. I, I'd rather not put Stan in the outfield just seeing him field over the course of his career with the Yankees. Um, I don't necessarily think we'll be seeing Judge or Soto get any looks in left field, though. I, I don't think that's something the Yankees want to do. To either of their bodies, I think they're they're trying to preserve them as much as possible. And left field is a lot of ground to cover in Yankee Stadium. Um, and you know you don't put Soto in, le- in Yankee Stadium left field because I mean he's not a good fielder. There's no beating around the bush there. We got him for his elite hitting. We did not get Juan Soto for his fielding. So uh, you know I don't think we'll see Soto in left field. I also just don't think they they want Judge to be covering that much ground in left field because it's just it's it's a weird left field dimensionally I think and I think that's kind of an injury waiting to happen for him or I don't know so I think you know we'll see a lot of time of you know Verdugo and Grisham will probably be splitting some time in left field I think Verdugo's mostly going to play left field and then Grisham is going to get a lot of looks in center field but he's mostly a bench bat for the Yankees. So he'll get a lot of defensive replacements there, but yeah, no, I, I don't think it's like, I don't think it's super complicated. I, I know that the Yankees changed their lineup. They changed their, some of their positional things throughout the year, but I think as it stands right now, you can kind of just pencil in for on left judge and center and Soto and right field. And that's probably going to be your outfield for, I guess I would say 130 games of the season. There, there will be some differences where they might want to switch people around. Maybe Judge does get a couple games in left field and they want to see how he looks out there. But I don't think the Yankees have ever shown interest in putting Judge in left field. Um, and then, you know, also injuries, too, are definitely going to affect who's playing where. But no, I, I don't think it's a super complicated thing. I think the Yankees and Boone and all the players are on the same page there. And I, I think everyone kind of knows that. 
Yeah, and, you know, ultimately looking at, you know, the situation with the outfield, guys are going to get hurt, guys are going to slump. We don't know if Verdugo's going to bounce back. We don't know if uh, Stanton will stay healthy all year. If Judge can play left field, that opens up a lot of opportunities for the Yankee outfield. It puts them in situations where they can do things such as, you know, run uh, Judge, Grisham, and and uh, Verdugo left to right. Um, or they could put, you know, again, Verdugo in left, Grisham in center, Judge in right, maybe Soto in DH if Stanton were to be hurt. Um, if uh, Verdugo were to get hurt or were to be struggling, Judge could play left. You could put Soto in center, uh, right field, Grisham in center field, and Stanton in DH. Um, or, you know, get even more creative, maybe Ben Rice factors into the Yankee lineup and he becomes a guy who can DH for a little bit. Again, talking about Jason Dominguez, like, you have a lot of combinations you can throw out there, and Aaron Judge being able to play left field would be huge for the Yankees. I know we saw him play a little bit of left field in spring training, but it just never materialized into him playing left field at the major league level. Like, it was weird. He did it, like, once, I think, against, like, the Twins, maybe, in a spring training game, and legitimately never played there again. Like, not even in spring training. He just stopped playing there. It was kind of like when they let Cabrera play center field for an inning and then never let him play center field in an actual major league game, which at least that one makes a little bit of sense. No disrespect to Oswaldo Cabrera, but I understand why they never put him in center field. Um, but ultimately, like, left field for Aaron Judge, I think, is a huge thing. Like, I, I've always wanted them to give it a try. I've always wanted to see what it would look like. I've always felt like it would open up a lot of opportunities for the team. Um, and if they were to put him in left field, it also means that they could potentially, you know, get a little bit interesting with any deadline acquisitions if they were to need some outfield help. But ultimately, the, the big position here, and the one that I feel the least certain about, but I guess the Yankees have already kind of determined, is third base. Like, I'm not going to be honest. I'm not going to lie, Aiden. Third base is a weird spot for me. I know we just talked about LeMay for a little bit, but I don't trust LeMayu, Peraza, and, like, I guess Diego Castillo now to be, like, a serviceable third place. Uh, you know, it's, Diego Castillo's on the 40-man roster, right? And Jorbit Vivas is also on the 40-man roster. I guess Cabrera is also a guy who play third. Like, I just don't think that's the best of depth charts for third base. There's not a lot of upside there. There's certainly a lot of options, but, you know, having a lot of options, if none of them are really viable, doesn't really mean much. Um, so, I don't know. I feel like third base is going to be a weird place for them this year. I think they're going to need to acquire one at some point. I don't think they're going to do it now. Like, I understand if the San Francisco Giants signed Matt Chapman to a five-year, $100 million deal, I will understand why the Yankees did not do that. Um, but, you know, they're going to need to find somebody at third base, I, I think, personally, at some point. Uh, but but they seem to still be focused on the bullpen. That seems to be where their um, focus is going to be at. Hector Neris is a guy who's been floating around. Twitter's kind of buzzing about Hector Neris. I'm going to side with Jack Curry said that that's probably not going to happen. So until I'm told otherwise by Jack Curry, I'm going to side with it's probably not coming here. Um, but if you were to pick a reliever, you've got Peralta, Middleton. I know Hayter's off the board, but I don't think we're ever signing Hayter. Uh, Stevenson, Neris, like who are you signing? Who's your final addition for the bullpen? And how much would you give them? Um, just before I answer that question, I did look into Judge's numbers, and he literally does not have a single game in his career at left field. Maybe in spring training, but has literally never played left field as a Yankee in an official game. But um, as far as the reliever market goes, I, yeah, I'm not sure how much I believe this Hector Neris smoke. Uh, it seems... Because, you know, I, I'm going to side with Curry, too. He said the other night that's not going to happen unless, you know, something changed in the market after... Uh, Hater signed with the Astros. Maybe that changes Neris's market. He's not going back there. And the Yankees are like only one of his only suitors left. Um, you know, I, I also like, I like Hector Neris as a pitcher. I do. I think he has great stuff. Uh, you know, he's got elite strikeout stuff. But um, I just, I don't know about the contract because I've seen, you know, numbers floating around. One, someone said he wanted $15 million a year. Another said he wanted two years, $22 million. 
I'm not really willing to go past the 10 million, maybe not even like the $8 million year over a year mark for a reliever. So like that's, you know, if it's going to cost more than that for Neris, I'd rather stay away. And you kind of, I would rather the Yankees just sign Wandy Peralta and Keenan Middleton, just, you know, just those two, instead of just, you know, going out and spending that money on Neris. Um, you know, I, I am also interested in Stevenson. I've, I've always been interested in him. I think his stuff is really, really great. Um, but you know, we haven't really seen a lot of smoke there with the Yankees. I think the only thing we've heard is that Brendan Cuddy said that the Yankees were interested in Stevenson, but that's about it. And like, how much, how much smoke is that really? If one person says, Oh, they're interested, that could just be, you know, one guy in the front office, one R and D guy said, Oh yeah. Like, we have a lot of interest in Stevenson. Like he would, he would be fit good on this team, but you know, like uh, are there agents or are they communicating with his agent? Probably not. I would have to guess. I feel like we would hear something of, about that by now, but at the same time, Yankees kind of keep things under wraps and especially when, you know, when it's some reliever, not, there's not going to be a lot of, you know, smoke there. But um, I think at this point, I've always been on the bring back Wandy Peralta train. I think, you know, He's kind of a left-handed reliever that you don't come across a lot, and you can't really put a price on left-handed relievers, I think. Um, he's got elite ground ball stuff. I know he had a down year last year, but like in years previous with the Yankees, he's been great, and it, it wasn't even like he was terrible last year, I don't think. So I'm, I'm kind of on that train of bring Wandy back, and because Wandy's one of the cheaper options, you could also bring, bring Middleton back, and Middleton's got great strikeout stuff like you know, I'd much rather go that route. I don't really, like, think the Yankees' bullpen from last year takes much adjusting. I think you kind of just run it back with the guys you had, just bring Wandy and Middleton back. One of the best bullpens in the league last year. So as far as the reliever market goes, I'm kind of on board with the, the Middleton and Peralta train. If, you know, they go out and sign Stevenson, I'm not going to hate that at all. But, um, you know, as this Hector Nair stuff floats around. I'm, I'm definitely wary of the price, but you know, I won't be mad if they sign him like, okay, if the Yankees go sign for two years, $22 million, they're paying him 11 million a year. So what? That's, that's not my money. Do, would I prefer them to do that? No, I want them to have spending room for when they need to re-sign Soto and maybe even possibly extend Glaber. But, um, as I'd rather just take the cheaper option in re-signing Middleton and, uh, Peralta. Yeah, so I, I, I can't I can't lie, like I'm always gonna be a little bit concerned about giving out a reliever contract, but I will say the Yankees have done a pretty good job of being like cautious on that regard. Like they don't like just hand out money to a bunch of relievers the way they did a couple years ago. Um and personally, I, I think that the New York Yankees would be really smart to bring back like Keenan Middleton on a on a cheap contract because I think the swing and miss stuff is really good. That's probably my pick, just based on a value standpoint. Robert Stevenson, told, like that's probably those are probably my one A, one B. Neris is and and Wandy are interesting. I think they both have cases to be signed over the other. I think they both have cases to be signed over the rest of the group. Um, but it, I don't think you could go wrong with any addition here. As long as they land one of these four guys, I'm gonna talk myself into it because I think these are all four. These are four good relievers. I think these are four relievers that provide value and have a distinct role in the in the top of or the front line of any bullpen. And yeah, it makes your pitching staff better. If the Yankees to use the pitching depth. They need to get a little bit. I think they need a little more security there. Um, but yeah, ultimately uh, I would love those, any of those four signings. Um, but with that being said, ultimately it's not really a lot to talk about outside of, you know, quotes from Boone and quotes from Cashman and, you know, some rumors here and there. 
the rumor mill is going to slow down a lot, especially for the Yankees, because they're not going to be involved in the rest of this market for the most part. They were not going to bid heavily for Josh Hader. So if you're upset that the Astros got him because you thought the Yankees should have gotten him, that was never happening. You were the one who convinced yourself it was going to happen. Trust me, it was not ever going to happen. The Yankees were never going to sign Josh Hader. Um, and, and then in terms of other guys, like they're not signing Bellinger. They're not giving $100 million to Matt Chapman. They're not like bringing in Blake Snell or Joe Montgomery. So for now, it's like, who are they going to find to fill out the last spot in their bullpen? And then it's off the spring training. That's that's where we're at right now. So um, we only have about a month until pitchers and catchers report, which is nice. But with that being said, let us know what you guys think in the comment section below. Um, you know, if you guys feel like Judge should hit in front of Soto, if Soto should lead off, Soto should second, third, what do you think Judge should hit? How would you order your lineup? I want you guys to comment your custom lineups in the, in the comment section below. You guys can check out our other social media channels where you guys can join the conversation on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and of course, this YouTube page. You can also check out EmpireSportsMedia.com for all of our written content. You guys can follow our Twitter accounts. Those are above our heads. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace out.